Morning, brethren. Saints of the Most High God. We have an inheritance. And partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Today we continue in our exciting series on the person of Jesus Christ. Every consideration of Him is worthwhile. There's nothing that you can consider about Jesus that you will regret. Let's just put it that way. How, how could he not be anything but wonderful? Isn't Jesus rightfully called wonderful? The bread of life? Altogether lovely? The only potentate? Could, how could he be anything but marvelous to consider? To actually, if a person goes through their life not considering Jesus, not only do they skip over the blessing but it'll actually lead to their damnation. This is a blessing that you can't afford to skip over. It's something that we must be involved in considering. Jesus shows us the Father. If Jesus isn't considered, then the Father can never be known, which is a pretty hefty consideration when it is written in the Word of God that Jesus is coming back soon in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those that know not God, and obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So today we will consider Jesus, who is the light of the world. He's declared himself to be the light of the world. Think about how necessary sight is to your living. If it was always dark, how would you work and get anything done? How would you find food or see where you're going? Could you do anything the same way that you do now that employs the use of your eyes? So not only does sight assist us in laying hold of things that benefit us, but it helps us to avoid the dangers in life. How could you avoid a silent danger if you were blind, like a pit or a ravine? Well, people who are blind, they they feel. That's how they have to get around. So you would need to be physically assisted in practically every area of your life if you were blind. Things that are obvious, things that are blatantly obvious to people who can see are not blatantly obvious to people who are blind. Then there is not taking this into consideration. There's not just a physical world. There is an unseen spiritual world all around us. Blindness in your physical eyes may be debilitating to life in this world, but blindness to your spiritual eyes cuts you off from far more than anyone dares possibly imagine. The unseen world is bigger. It's more complex than the visible realm. There's much more to be seen in the unseen. There's more that you can see. There is more that you can see with your spiritual eyes than with your physical eyes. Physical sight, while it is certainly a blessing, and we thank the Lord for it, we don't want to detract from things that the Lord has given to us to benefit us. But it is not nearly as important as your spiritual sight. Our sister Fanny Crosby, she's a a beloved sister and hymn writer. She's written thousands and thousands of songs. She was physically blind from six weeks of age, but I'm sure that she could tell you 
that her spiritual sight more than made up for her physical condition. Her being physically blind did not slow her down one bit from seeing the things of God. And so it can also be said that physical light is therefore not as important as spiritual light. Everything in this life was created for a purpose. And all things were made by Him and for Him. So things that are in this realm, they serve as parabolic mirrors to the eternal. Those who walk in the daytime, they don't trip over things because they can, you can see where you're going. But haven't you ever gotten up in the middle of the night and went to go take care of something and you stepped on something sharp or something that was in the middle of the hallway and you just trip over it? Why did you do that? Because you couldn't see it. Now, there's a, there's a parallel to that reality that we're going to talk about today. Jesus himself noted this. He said, if anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the, by the light of this world. No one trips over anything that they see. I mean, this ought to be obvious. This is, ought to be an obvious truth. We're talking about Jesus today, who is the light. He said, I am the light of the world. That's what we're talking about today. Now, I want to set the tone for the necessity of Christ's light. You know, before Jesus came into the world, it was a period that the scriptures refer to as the night. It was the night. Sin dominated. There was very little illumination shed on the person and the purpose of God. In fact, in the 1,600 years from the beginning of creation until the flood, God is only recorded to have spoken a few times to a few individuals, and one of them he cursed. There was a point during this time where men began to call upon the name of the Lord, but if you look at the entire account that is written in these 1,600 years, you don't have a whole lot of information to go off of. Granted that this account wasn't even written until later. These people didn't have the account that we have that lived during this time. Here's a brief summary of all that men knew about God during this time. Now keep in mind, like I said, they didn't have a Bible. And all they knew about God was what was passed down to them at the time or what God spoke directly to them. Men knew that God created the world. He created men. He had set men over his creation at one point in time. Man disobeyed God and was cast out of the garden. God cursed the earth and the serpent because of what men did, and man lost the dominion. God promised that the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. God had res- has respect for certain offerings and does not have respect for other offerings. God avenges blood. He cursed Cain for killing his brother. And finally, only one man knew that God was grieved by the sinfulness of men enough to destroy the entire world in a flood. One man found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And that pretty much sums up what mankind knew in 1,600 years. Darkness, like the darkness that covered the face of the deep. 
And after the flood, we don't really see much more revelation of God that he would be able to enter into or that we would be able to lay a hold on until Christ, the greater light, would come. He revealed himself to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob, but still very, very little was revealed. There was no law at this time. People engaged in all sorts of things that to us now are plain in the time that we live in, but in the night, they were not plain. Abraham was married to Sarah, but he had children through other women. And God didn't impute sin to him for that, and I don't impute sin to him either. Jacob also, in clothing himself like Esau to his father Isaac, God didn't impute sin to him, and I don't impute sin to him either. Also take note that even though there was no law during this time, Jacob was close enough to God to question his mother's instruction the first time, having a sense of very few possessed at the time because he did not want to be perceived as a deceiver to his father, even though he had rightfully purchased the birthright. Now, ultimately, why did men act this way? There wasn't a whole lot of revelation about God. But when God gave a a word, when God gave a promise, men looked at that promise and by faith entered into the knowledge that they had to get done what God had said. I'm talking today about Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world, the necessity for light coming into the world. Some time had passed and the law was given through Moses. And they see this shed more light on the world than it had ever been before. But it was a lesser light. It was an outline of the things of God. And I want to be careful to say shed light on the world because the law was not given to the heathen. The law was given to the people of God. It was a lesser light. It revealed that God is holy and men were not. That that. There was a, a there was a distance created because of sin that we were that the whole world's mouse might be stopped and all flesh would become guilty before God. It was this kind of light was like a condemning light. It it, it shone on the deficiencies of men. Light came into the world. It revealed that men, by nature, are fundamentally different from God. And it still does this to those who are in darkness. The lesser light of the law brings us into an awareness that we need something. We need something. This This is how dark the world was, that the light had to be, there had to be a preparation for the fullness of this light to come. A way had to be prepared for Christ to enter into the world. And when he came, the light came into the world. But the darkness comprehended it not. To comprehend is to to understand, to conceive. That is to take hold of or contain in mind, to possess, to utilize, to be able to construct, to be able to understand. There's an understanding that comes from comprehension. Christ introduced concepts into the world that no one had ever before and spoke concerning things in the unseen realm. Eternal life, the kingdom of God, showing us by his life what God thinks about this or what God thinks about that. 
Jesus is the express image of the Father. If you've seen him, you've seen the Father. It's no wonder that elsewhere it's written that God is light. 1 John 1, 5. He is the, he's known as the Father of lights. Before Jesus came, no one would have expected the Pharisees to be out of tune with God. But see, when Jesus was, when Jesus was present, it, there was a very real distinction made. That Jesus is the light of the world. There's an illuminating factor that comes just with the presence of Jesus. The division already existed. Jesus said, I come not to bring peace, but a sword. The division was already there. Jesus just made it known. When Jesus was introduced, it made known who was on whose side. But you see, no one in the darkness understood what Jesus was saying. Even though Jesus was the light, and Jesus was the perfect representation of the Father in the flesh, people that were in darkness at that time, that didn't have the light of life in them, did not understand him. They didn't understand, they couldn't comprehend it. Light came into the world, and, and the darkness comprehended it not. Something had to happen. We had to get the light inside of us. Light had to come inside of us. We had to be partakers of light. We have to be born as the children of light. If you're not following Jesus, you're in darkness. No one can have fellowship with Jesus and walk in the darkness. And anyone who says differently is a liar. 1 John 1.6 says, If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Why is that? Well, because Jesus has declared it. I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. Shall not. It's not like a suggestion. This is a reality. Those who follow Christ shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life, an inward possession of light. Talking today about Jesus, who is the light of the world. We are called the the saints in light, children of light, children of the day. That is, light, light is our dwelling place and our habitation. We serve God in the light. We are productive in the light. We show our deeds in the light, that they are wrought in God. We come to the light. Understanding is obtained in the light. You can see the path that wants you to walk on in the light. You can see things are made plain in the light. You can perceive heavenly realities. You can see them in the light. You can see the reality of the hope that is set before you. In the light. You are able to do kingdom work and do it effectively because you can see what you're doing in the light. Knowing God occurs in the light, and understanding occurs in the light. All who follow Jesus have the light of life, it illuminates your life. If you follow Jesus, you'll be known by how you live. There won't be any won't be any mistake about it. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. It can't be hid. Beautiful to walk in the steps of the Savior, stepping in the light. 
led in, led in paths of light. Now it is no longer the night. Now it is the day. It's, we're exhorted this. The night is far spent. Jesus, Jesus put away times of ignorance by the sacrifice of himself. Sin isn't dominating the world anymore. It doesn't have to. Jesus put away. Now it is the day. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. The armor of light. The light of Christ is a protecting light. It protects us from stumbling. Light had to be imparted to us. Light has to indwell you. It's not just light upon us, but light within us. Jesus said, If a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. John 11.10 So what's happened when a person's light isn't shining? Well, Jesus isn't in them. That's, that's what that condition is. Put on the armor of light. You know, I was thinking about this, that the armor of light protects us against Satan's false representation of light. Now, Satan falsely represents the light. We can't forget this. The scriptures say Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. This is the same chapter that Paul presents a warning against those who, as our brother David ministered this morning, present another Jesus and another gospel, which is any Jesus that God has not declared in his word. It doesn't say that Satan is transformed into light. It doesn't say that. It says he's transformed into an angel of light. And I take this to mean the same thing that the angel of the church of Sardis and the a representative of the light. In other words, he's representing a way to God. Satan is representing, it's like a moth to the candle. It's like there's an alluring factor. Satan holds out this way to God that's not really a way at all. See, the face of deception isn't obvious evil. That's not what it is. Deception comes packaged as the truth. Or in this example, it comes packaged as the light. It always comes with the appearance of righteousness. It parades itself as good and wholesome and right. It presents itself from a friendly mouth. It rolls off of a smooth tongue. It sounds good to the untrained ear. It does. Deceptive teaching sounds good to the untrained ear. It can't be discerned just with physical senses as Israel could not discern the, the origin of the Gibeonites with their physical senses. They had moldy bread and worn out clothes. They must have been from a far country. The deception isn't an obvious thing. See, this armor of light is a protecting. It's a greater light of illumination. You can see temptations and deceptions for what they really are when you're in this light. Praise the Lord. You can see the obstacles that Satan throws in your way. It's, it's, it's armor. And we know that armor guards us from the wiles of the devil. 
The light of Christ is also a light of preparation. I want to talk about this. A fellowship and a cleansing happens in the light. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. You're perfect in the light. The light of Christ prepares us. So we're prepared in this light. We're prepared for the day of his return. Light had to come or you would not be prepared for the coming of the Lord. If a, person's, if a person's living in darkness, as long as they're in that condition, they will not be ready for his return. When Jesus comes, he will catch those who are living in darkness completely unaware, like a thief who breaks in at night to steal your things, right when you least expect it. If you are in the light, you'll be ready when Jesus comes. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Do you know that? Do you know that perfectly? Do you know perfectly that he will come as a thief in the night? For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction will come upon them as travail upon a woman with a child and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light. All shall know me from the least to the greatest. And the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. We We can effectively do that in the light. We are the children of light. I thank God that those who follow Christ are no longer ignorant or in the darkness. I am thankful that God has illuminated. He's he's brought us into an understanding of of himself and his purpose and what he's doing. Can you see where you're going? Can you see where you're going today? If you can, it's because Christ has given you the light of life. God created the whole world with the desire to be known, but sin brought forth a darkness that so the light could not be shown. And though it looked like Satan won by looking at the surface, this darkness would serve a backdrop to God's illuminating purpose. But still, for quite a time, all mankind knew of God was a few words, until the lines of Seth and Cain were eventually blurred. After 1,600 years of time had now in darkness wholly passed, the world's small sliver of our Lord was a glimpse of mostly wrath. Time and time he worked here and there, through the choosing of a man, but no one in the darkness would ever fully understand. And with still few words for men to hold, they grope to find the way. They should not be judged as those of us who walk now in the day. How can we judge those who lack so much as if they knew what we have read when they simply use the knowledge that they had to do what God had said? And then light, A light, though dimly lit, came by God's own holy, righteous law, that men might see so clearly how far sin caused the distance from their fall. 
that every mouth of man be stopped and all be found before him guilty? Yes, this lesser light taught men who were in darkness and teaches them that still be. Then prophets came and they proclaimed the light that God would send and they were slain. Their words contained things that they couldn't comprehend. But they would tell of things that God would do, things not old, but things that were new. Till a man came down from God above and shone a blinding light and illuminated things that men could not perceive clear in the night and spoke of things that were never before uttered by a man, eternal things and kingdom things, things no man could understand. And then Christ declared where sight was impaired, and in truth he did invite, that all men would follow after him would now possess the light of life. For even though in darkness days the human race was hurled, our God was faithful in giving men the light now of the world. An environment where now our God would and can finally be known. And all the planting of our Lord can now finally be grown. And the purpose of the Lord can now finally be shown. And we became the sons of light when Christ sat on that throne. And words once spoke in darkness past at now once come alive. And now we understand the things of God through the light that is inside. And we clearly see the way that he has made through all this trouble. And when we see, we shall not ever fall or never stumble. So let us all endure the race and then the light we will be running. Praise God for the day that dawned on us that we'll be ready for his coming. Thank you, brethren.